right, everybody. Welcome to Sunshine and Brain, part of the Perry Veritas Network podcast where we have conversations about mental health in as normal and down-to-earth way possible. How's everybody doing? Uh, how, is, how is everybody doing? <laughs> Jesus. Jesus Christ. Uh, this is... Um, this is a scary, this is a, such a scary time. Like I, I can't like fucking express how scary this time is. And it's not like I'm like an old man who can like, you know, like, and I stormed the beaches of Normandy, you know, <laughs> like, it's not like I lived through like such crazy, scary times, but yeah. So like I, I've lived in Israel during a couple of wars been in Israel during sort of wartime. Uh, I've, you know, sort of lived in Israel twice, once uh, for a year after I graduated college. And at that time, there was sort of this perpetual war against Lebanon, basically. And I lived in this kibbutz in the north of Israel, where it was like close enough to the border with Lebanon, that the jet planes would sort of begin their bombing runs, sort of near where the kibbutz was, you know, (laughs) so it's like, Yeesh, that, that plane's going to going to bomb some things. And then I lived in Jerusalem for a whole year for my first year of rabbinical school, and that was when the second intifada broke out. So the you know, two thousand, twenty years ago exactly, the second intifada broke out then, and that was a really scary time because, you know, you'd sort of go to bed to the, you know, sort of calm lullabies of machine gun fire and protracted battles through the old city and tank fire and all sorts of, all sorts of business. You know, I, I got pretty good at being able to recognize like which side was the Israelis when I heard gunfire, which side was the Palestinians when I heard gunfire. And there's nothing quite like hearing a hovering helicopter. And then you just hear this, whoosh, just like, you know, just like this whoosh and this big explosion, which, you know, is, um, you know, missile being fired somewhere or tank fire and things like that. So I've, you know, lived through that. And then I lived in New York City. I was living in Manhattan on September 11th. That was a pretty scary time. But this is this is something different. So I'm recording this intro the night after the debate, the first debate between, you know, current President Donald Trump and, uh, you know, Joe Biden. So if you're listening to this years from now, historically, this is the moment that I'm in. And obviously, I I do not know how this story is going to end. You know, years from now, you do know how the story ends. I I do not from this perspective. And I'm fucking scared, man. I, I, to be honest, I did not watch the debate. It's too much for me. You know, I'm I'm trying to figure out how to stay kind of connected to the news and understand what's going on without putting myself in a position where, you know, emotionally, it's just sort of too difficult anxiety and depression sort of spiraling me in one direction or another, you know, so definitely trying to be careful on those lines. And I figured no need to watch it. First of all, I'm not making up my mind at this point. I mean, I'm going to vote for Biden for sure. And I'm not going to like it because I don't really like Biden, but I'm going to vote for him anyway, because I really, really don't like Trump. And at least Biden isn't the kind of politician who would say, you know, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not promising that I'm going to, you know, commit myself to a peaceful transfer of power should I lose this election as president. And, uh, you know, at least Biden is, is uh, able to stand up against the 
you know, sort of racist voices of groups like the Proud Boys, which is a truly awful, horrible, horrific group that when pressed to stand up against their voice, guess who really didn't do it? Uh, Donald Trump, obviously. So, you know, just uh, truly awful. So I was like, I'm going to learn about the debate afterwards. I'll read the news and sort of follow it there. And, you know, I looked at some different news sources, looked at Fox, according to Fox, Donald Trump won for the most part. Looked at CNN, according to CNN, you know, Joe Biden won. I actually took CNN, the CNN app off my phone because that shit was too stressful. And I'm trying out the AP right now. AP has an app and I might look at Reuters too to see if I can kind of find what I need there. But I'm just looking for news. You know, I just want the news. I don't want like any type of sensationalism. I don't need any type of exploring this, you know, ex- exploring the story from one perspective or next. Like, just give me the fucking news. And this week, since last time we recorded, we learned that in 2015, I think it was, uh, Donald Trump just paid $775 in taxes. What the fuck? I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> like, that's that's bananas. You know, and apparently he he's like, you know, several hundred million dollars in debt. Which uh, apparently, according to certain ethicists, and this makes sense, makes him potentially a security risk, you know, that he's susceptible to some pretty serious, um, you know, challenges with other nations and things like that. Man, it's fucking scary. This is scary business. So apropos to what we do here in this podcast, I kind of touched on it a little bit last time, but yeah, I'm, I definitely am encouraging myself to be mindful of my mental health as, I, as we barrel as a nation towards this election. And actually, November 3rd scares me a little bit. What scares me even more than November 3rd is November 4th through January 1st. And that's a long ass time. You know, there's a lot of damage that could be done during that time. And a lot of really awful things, especially given the fact that since this is a pandemic, we're essentially going to be looking at an election where for the most part, you know, folks are going to be mailing in ballots, which means we're not going to have exactly a result at the end of the first night, which is usually pretty expected that you can have a result. But because of the pandemic, I don't know what percentage of folks are going to be mailing in their ballot, but it's going to be a significant percentage, which means it's going to take some time for the votes to be counted. And then after that, you know, Trump is not going to go quietly. He's going to talk about voter fraud. He's going to say that there were problems with counting the ballots, especially if he loses, it's going to be awful going to be truly awful. When in the meantime, you know, it does seem that if there is going to be voter fraud, it's going to be on the Republican side, that it's going to be Trump's lackeys that are doing it, you know. So if Trump somehow, God forbid, wins this election, then there's going to be folks on the left who are saying that there's some serious issues with voter fraud and what's going on here. So yeah, I'm I'm scared for November 3rd. I'm scared that there are going to be people who do extreme things on November 3rd to try to stop folks from being able to vote. You know, who knows what kind of scares me to think about how extreme and how far they're willing to go. But there's so much anger in this country. I mean, this place is a powder keg that, you know, it's really hard to predict in terms of what can happen. But catastrophic thinking can lead you down a certain road. And it does seem like there's potential that some pretty awful, horrific things could happen on November 3rd. But what I'm more scared about is November 1st through January, November 4th through January 1st. You know, what's going to happen in the time between the election day itself and inauguration? You know, what happens then? And then afterwards, too, I mean, you know, Trump is not going to go quietly into the night. 
you know, how unreasonable is it to imagine that the dude tries to like start his own country in like northern Minnesota or some shit like Montana? All the call of the Proud Boys to Montana to meet him there, and they're going to try to like have their own nation in Montana. I mean, maybe let them. <laughs> It's like landlocked, you know, you could just say, all right, all of y'all should just move to Montana, build a round around you, a wall around you guys and let you just have at it, you know. I mean, you could stay there, sure. Let us, let let the rest of us have our nation. (laughs) Uh, At least we'll know who you are, you know. You're able to keep tabs on what's going on in there. Jesus. Anyway, so, yeah, that's um, kind of... One thought that I'm having right now is that this is a really, really intense time to try and figure out how to manage our mental health. And what I would say is, you know, for me, I'm just trying to give myself permission to do what it takes to, you know, keep my feet underneath me, which means not being afraid to take apps off my phone to try different news sources and to try different things in order to, you know, really help me to kind of manage it. I'll tell you one new, one source, one new source that's really, really helpful for me is this podcast called The Politics Guys. You can find it on Spotify. It's a great podcast. They've been at it for a bunch of years. Um, a number of different hosts, but basically they have a kind of one-on-one or 1v1 conversation once or twice a week about the main topics and issues of the day. It's super wonky, meaning that, you know, there's a lot of discussion about policies and things like that. And they can definitely get in the weeds about that stuff, but it's always one reasonable Democrat versus one reasonable Republican. And they, you know, talk with each other very seriously about the different types of things that they, you know, the different types of ideas that they're coming from. And just this past weekend, there was an episode between one of the main hosts, this guy named Mike, who's a Democrat and this woman named Kristen, who's a, uh, who's a uh, Kristen or Kirsten, Kristen, I think Kristen, who is a Republican already admitted that she's going to vote for Trump. And if I'm being honest with you, despite the fact that she's going to vote for Trump, I still like her perspective. She doesn't like Trump at all, not at all. But what she thinks is that, you know, he can be manipulated by her side to, make sure that certain policies that she believes in are moving forward. And therefore she actually believes that, you know, Democrats are, are a bigger danger to the country than Donald Trump is. Now I think that that's batshit crazy. I mean, obviously it's batshit crazy. However, it is nice to hear a sympathetic voice who understands the anger that people feel towards Donald Trump and and why he's approaching things in the boneheaded way that he is and why that's such a problem and is kind of able to sort of also explain her position in a, in a good and calm way. So, you know, to be able to hear someone who you kind of agree with, disagree with, I mean, to say vehemently, I mean, really disagree with vehemently, but also have compassion for her and have compassion for her perspective is something that I find to be really, really helpful. So I recommend that. I, re- I really recommend that podcast. Give it a give it a listen and maybe help yourself feel just a little bit better about, about some shit. And then they also talk about stuff in a way that's really realistic. Like, 
you know, sitting here and obviously very frustrated about the and saddened by the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, understanding that we're going to lose, you know, yet another liberal seat on the Supreme Court and understanding how the Supreme Court works, you know, that's going to take Donald Trump's fingers. And even if he's voted out of office now, just I can stretch them 10, 15, 20, 30 years into the future, well beyond his presidency, this is going to be a challenge for the nation moving forward that the court is so unbalanced right now between, you know, right wing folks and left wing folks. You know, it's, it's really going to be a challenge for us moving forward. And unfortunately, there's really nothing that we can do but sit here and understand that, yeah, they're going to put a, a um, you know, a, a conservative right wing justice on the court. Like it's going to happen. There's nothing we can do about it. It is 100% going to happen. So, you know, the stress of like, well, are they going to be able to stop it or not stop it and everything else? No, no, no. It's, we need to radically accept that they are going to make it happen. And even though, you know, President Obama was not able to put someone on the Supreme Court in his last year of presidency because the Republicans were saying that it was wrong for him to do that in the last year of presidency during an election year, that the best thing is to let the people decide who the next president should be and let them, you know, put someone on the court. Um, actually, you know, sitting president, sitting government has the power to do that. If they've got the numbers, then they can do it. And Democrats didn't have the numbers then, so they couldn't do it. And Republicans have the numbers now, so they can do it. And they're going to do it. So we have to radically accept the fact that it's going to happen. And if we let that kind of drive us and our anger into a place where, you know, we can't function, then you know, we're not going to be able to help ourselves or our nation. We just need to make sure to vote for the right people and, you know, not allow our voices to quiet down and to keep at it even after the election. So, yeah, yeah, it's a really fucking scary, scary time. Yeah, there's there's that going on. And then, of course, as of now, I'm officially you know, just a, a sleep, a, going to sleep and waking up on October 1st on the day that I said I was going to put myself back into the dating world again. And I'm actually kind of excited to do it. I mean, it's stressful in a way because there's so much stressful things going on and you just don't know what's going to happen. But uh, here I am. You know, I, I set a number of goals before myself. I said I wanted to fix some things in my apartment. Check. I did that. And my apartment is is in a good spot right now in terms of all the little things that I wanted to fix up around it, you know, cleaning it up and, you know, fixing a couple of little broken things and stuff like that. Uh, one of the big things I really wanted to do was get myself to the point where I was swimming, where I'm swimming a mile a day in the pool. And I, I got there, man, like three days ago or so, four days ago, I, I hit a mile for the first time and I've been swimming a mile every day since. And it feels freaking awesome. The mile is 72 lengths in my pool takes me about 45 minutes to do it or so. And my body is very, very thankful for me doing that, especially my lower back, you know, and, and that's been just really wonderful. So I'm super proud of myself for that. You know, got my girls going in school. That's kind of chugging along nicely there. So feeling really good about that. So yeah, it's like, you know, the search for love 
I wanted it to be a reward. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it, before I left, before I went on this little hiatus there, it, it really had begun to feel like a I don't, burden isn't quite the right word, but close. I mean, that's, that's close to where it was. I mean, it was just a heavy burden to carry. It's like, you know, just hoping to find the right person and, you know, the constant push pull between there's a person that you, you know, connect with and then it doesn't work and all this stuff and just the weird poison of online dating and the swipe left culture of that, just looking at people and they're doing their best just like you are and they're presenting themselves just like you are. And for whatever reason you do or don't want to reach out to a person. So you're just swiping them left and all this stuff. And it just is really kind of, you know, gross. So, you know, like I said last time, I'm sort of starting with one person here and uh, that's what I'm doing. So, you know, jumping back into the dating scene, but not quite hopping on the dating apps. <laughs> let's see, let's see what happens with this one person first and then we'll figure out, uh, figure out for the dating app. So this will hopefully be the last time you hear me talk about this in the intro for at least a while, uh, because I, I likely won't talk about it if there's something going on there. Privacy is an important thing. This is such a doing this podcast is kind of vulnerable, you know, because on one hand, like, you know, in order for it to work, like I need to be willing to share things with total strangers. <laughs> like, you know, I'm like literally sitting at my kitchen table talking to my fucking computer, you know, but the idea is, is that we'll put this up on Spotify and people who don't know me will listen. And so it has to be vulnerable, but there is a limit. You know, there are certain things that I just don't talk about. So yeah, I'm making myself vulnerable here, but not not beyond where my comfort level is. Definitely not beyond where my comfort level is, and never beyond what some where somewhere else's someone else's comfort level might be. You know, I would never, as I mentioned in my first episode, I wouldn't talk about certain folks, you know, because of just the need for privacy and things like that. So, you know, that's um kind of uh, how I've been managing this. So, so yeah, I'm I'm excited, man. I feel like I've earned it. You know, like I did what I said I was going to do. And now I can, I can just reach out to this, you know, sort of one person as like, uh, as like a reward for that, you know, and, and not that I know, you know, what she's going to say or how it's going to go, but, but as a recognition of the hard work that I've done and the celebration of the fact that despite all the shit that's going on in the world, like I still believe. You know what I mean? Like I still believe in happiness and love and companionship and the potential for something great and wonderful and all this stuff. And so I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, I don't want to, I don't want to give up on that, you know? So this is a celebration of that for me. That's kind of, that's kind of where, where the mindset is at. So, so yeah, I mean, not much different from what was going on last time. And that's basically it. Not much, nothing new in the dentist department. <laughs> I've got the next couple, a couple of weeks or so. I've got some appointments coming up. You know, I've got a couple of fillings that need to be added in there, and then eventually they got to get my new tooth in there. But for right, right now, I get to sort of breathe and relax in a holding pattern, and then jump back into that anxiety-inducing activity. You know, um, in the next couple of weeks or so. So, but for now, I get to sort of relax along those lines. So this episode you're about to listen to, this is part four of mine and Andre's effort to conceive of a religion that would actually be good for the world. This is the final part of this uh, conversation about religion, and I'm pretty fucking jazzed about this episode. 
first of all, for those who listened to the last episode with uh, Vishnu, who came to the other side, just like I did, not understanding like what the hell Vishnu was talking about because he's so fucking smart that it's like, oh man, you just left me in the dust there. That's exactly how I felt at the end. You know, listening back to that conversation. Um, we totally get into it in this episode and um, I now feel better about that conversation. I'm not going to ruin it, but as I promised last time, you know, to make sure that Andre and I would cover that topic and go over again, what we talked about with Vishnu, we get there. But I think what's most interesting is Andre and I have this conversation where we come up with sort of eight commandments, you know, or we don't exactly know what to call them. We call them commandments or imperatives, but like eight basic rules that we would want, if there was going to be a religion that would actually be good for the world, that we would want that religion to stand for. And I like them, man. I mean, I'm pretty anti-organized religion, and this isn't exactly an organized religion that we're describing here, but I kind of like what we come up with, you know? I'm like, yeah, I can get behind this. You know, I (laughs) I can support something like this. You know, it's not possible, and, you know, but, but but if everyone were to kind of, you know, believe in or, you know, take into their heart the things that Andre and I kind of talk about here. Yeah, I, I do think the world would be a better place. You know, if, if these basic things were a part of the normal kind of human mindset, then yeah, I, I do think the world would be a better place for it. So yeah, I really hope you enjoy this conversation. I enjoyed having it. It's probably one of my more favorite conversations that Andre and I have had ever, no, I'm just kidding, not ever, but in terms of the pot, you know, the conversations that we've recorded for this podcast, it's definitely one of my more favorite ones. I mean, we've got a really nice give and take here and both of us are kind of high energy and excited about it. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely looking forward to sharing this conversation with you. We, um, we've decided what our next topic is going to be. We're going to dive into the patriarchy. You know, as I mentioned a couple of times, I've been trying to convince Andre to, Talk about manhood. I mean, when you when you really look at society and look at so many cultures, if not all cultures, and think about like crime, for example, and you know political, what's the word? You know, the sort of uh, way in which political power corrupts. You know, <laughs> what do they say? Like. Uh, Power corrupts, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Is that the line? That's not exactly it, but you know what I mean. Like corruption, for anything, blue collar crime, white collar crime, violence, all this shit. I mean, for the most part, these are things committed by men, right? I mean, it's it's by us. And then you get even deeper and, and you know, I sort of challenge anyone to find a man or a woman who hasn't been hurt by a man. You know, I think it is possible to find people who haven't ever been hurt by a woman, but I don't think it's really possible to find people who haven't been hurt by a man in some way. So men are a problem. And you know, that must be true because like I'm a man and I'm saying that, but men are a serious problem. And the question is, does it have to be right? Is, is, uh, is that something that really has to be? So there's this really cool podcast called Scene on Radio. If you've ever listened to the three-part conversation that Andre and I had about race and racism, then you heard us talk about episodes from Scene on Radio about whiteness and kind of use that podcast as a jumping-off point for our conversations. The very next chapter after whiteness 
They then talk about the patriarchy. They talk about manhood. It's a 12 or 13 episode arc about the history of the patriarchy, the impact of patriarchy on both men and women, you know, all sorts of things. And so uh, we're going to do the same thing as last time, Essential. We use that podcast as a jumping off point to have a discussion about, about the patriarchy, about manhood and the impact that it's had on us and the impact it's had on the world and how to, you know, if I can chop that shit down, how to destroy it in order to figure out how to make the world a better place. This is going to be interesting. Two dudes talking about manhood, right? So, you know, we'll sort of figure out the best way to, to do that, but figure, give us a couple of weeks to do some research and to, you know, sort of clear our heads from the religion talk. And then we'll dive into this, um, you know, who knows how many parts, but multi-part approach to, you know, multi-part conversation about the history of manhood and how it can be made better from what it is now. You know, but first, uh, Dre and I got to finish our conversation about religion. So that's what this episode is. Definitely, you know, like and subscribe to this. Please share it with your friends. If you'd like to join in the conversation, you can always write me. My email address is josh at periveritas.com. And look, as always, hope you enjoy this conversation. Oh, man. All right. We're recording. What's up, Dre? (laughs) What's up, Josh? Interesting week. Oh, God. (laughs) Interesting Uh, couple of weeks, I guess. Interesting couple of weeks. Interesting fucking year. Interesting three and a half years at this point. Like, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And 2020, I don't know. I don't know what's up with 2020. This is definitely going to be a year and it'll be studied for centuries, assuming we make it out of this alive. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's... 2020 for the next 20 or 200 years, really. Yeah, they are. They absolutely are. You know, there's no question. so many things go wrong? Yeah. I got some theories. (laughs) (laughs) For sure, for sure. I mean, I wonder how different the theories will be, you know, for those later generations. I think think a lot's going to come back to to conversations about the media. Yeah, man. They just don't get it they exacerbate it <laughs> they exacerbate the problems rather than insisting and like even the best news organizations have a problem with say trump specifically where they feel like we must report everything he says and does and overanalyze it forever and ever and both sides it forever and ever uh not realizing that that's giving him more airtime for free and legitimacy and power and they just keep saying, well, he's the president, so you have to. It's like, no, you don't have to. Like, if the premise is it has to be newsworthy, it's not enough just to be president. Like, a liar telling lies is not a news story. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> At this point, it's like if he says something that's confirmably true – then yeah sure break like i can't believe it trump just said something true this just in like (laughs) it's like that bad at this point i don't need to hear every two seconds he lied he lied he lied he said he's gonna do this he can't do this like uh, really (laughs) enough's enough with that i I, i'm at the point now where like i can't even really look at any news you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like if some i'm like you know, you, you could tell that I became a Californian, by the way, when I moved out here. It took me like a couple of years. And then my first year where there were a lot of fires, 
Because now when it's extra hot, I step outside and I look at the horizon. Basically, I'm just like, all right, where are the wow. fires at? You know, that's just wow. kind of like a part of what it means to be Californian. And like the, like this past year, there was so much rain and it just turned the countryside like all green. And a lot of people were like, wow, that's like beautiful. Look how beautiful it is now. And I'm like, Mm-mm. <laughs> nope, <laughs> because all this shit that's going <laughs> right now is going to dry and burn. And that's yes. not going to be like a good scenario. So I like made that switch. But that's how I feel about the news now, you know, where I'm just like, I step out in the morning I look at the horizon. Do I see any mushroom clouds? All right. Maybe we're <laughs> good to go. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, Is I don't really jackbooted thugs and encroaching on my property right now. Like, that's the <laughs> other one. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's fucking craziness. But like what I was doing for a while was I would be like looking at CNN, you know, like reading the, getting my news there, but like understanding, you know, the level of opinions that they're tossing in there and then do a quick, like look over at like the Fox news website or whatever, and just like yeah, scan down the, how crazy the headline time that is. to see how crazy time that is. And, and then what you see is that basically we've got two different countries living with two completely different understanding of like fucking history and like what's happening. You know what I yeah. mean? There's like two different realities and it's been building and building and building for a really long time, like basically since Rush Limbaugh got started, you know, mm-hmm. and and now like these two different realities are are coming to a head and they want to fucking kill each other, man. And social media really blew this up to dangerous proportions. It's like so yep. fast and so total now. So you have yep. these people who it's it's really weird. It's like there's a whole a growing group of people. And uh, I previously just dismissed them as idiots, but it's turning out a lot of them are high IQ people, but they still fall into this trap of they want to believe what they want to believe. And they don't believe data or information because no matter what facts or data or information you give them or science or whatever or history, they don't believe it if it doesn't fit into what they already decided was true. They just say, well, you can't believe that source. Right. And I've literally very recently had someone tell me, I don't believe in data. And then it's like, uh, well, what are we even debating then (laughs) (laughs) at that point? I'm like, if you're not going to believe in data, then like, this is not even an argument worth having. Like, what are we even talking about right now? Your, your feelings versus my feelings. Well, my feelings are not going to change your feelings. Your feelings aren't going to change my feelings. Like it needs to be fact versus fact. Like that's it. Yeah. Yeah, the, there's that's nowhere that, that's else not there. where humanity is right now at all. Nope. And I guess nope. I guess they just n- never have been. And I was a little naive about them, a little slow on the uptake there. They want to kill each other is what they want to do. Yeah, they 100 percent wanted to. You know, everybody's waiting for like the opportunity, the first chance to like yeah. get at it, you know, but they don't really fucking understand what that is. Especially now when the technology and science is at the point where a war at this scale, because this isn't, this is global, this is global, any kind of, you know, devastation at this scale will destroy the entire human species, if not the planet. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and the, the only somewhat lesser destructive thing will be one group in charge of another group, essentially as a slave force for no reason, going backwards, like another dark ages, essentially. Yeah. Where it's like religious extremism of one kind or another and yep. no rights whatsoever. Yeah. And it's so hard to tell where the where the line is between the two. You know, yeah. it's like so hard to tell. And you're walking around and looking at someone, you can't exactly tell where they fall unless they're wearing something or have something that like right. 
shows it, you know, it's not like clear. This isn't like North versus South. This is like neighbor versus neighbor. A hundred percent. And family member versus family member in a lot of instances. Yeah. I mean, how, how is it not like completely obvious how fucked up the whole Breonna Taylor business is? I mean, it's a hundred percent obvious. It's a hundred percent obvious. And yet here we go. Uh, Probably half the country disagrees with me despite all the obvious evidence of the institutional racism, the predictability that the police were going to get off for this and on and on. Uh, and just the fact that they even felt entitled to walk into someone's house and just start shooting up the place, essentially. It's and, craziness. Yeah. Yeah. It's complete. I, cra- I can't even take it. I really can't even take it. It's complete. I mean, I, you have, uh, I look at this and I'm like, all right, the city of Louisville settled with her family and gave them $12 million because they thought that something wrong happened there. Right. Like no, like no one's giving anybody $12 million because they don't think they deserve it. Like that's not fucking hush money, you know? Right. Right. That's like, that's like, no, we fucked up money. (laughs) Like $12 million. And I think part of that I'm wondering is also they're admitting that nothing's going to happen to the people who shot, shot her up and killed her. Must be. And, but and, then, and consequent, consequently, also like shut up the neighbor's homes. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. That one police officer is getting charged for bullets going through walls into the neighbor's home. <laughs> but in the meantime, killing somebody, that's yeah, fine. Yeah. The, the ones that went into her body and killed her for some reason were fine. Yeah. Like, how is that appropriate that like some of those that, bullets. That doesn't work on any logic chart ever. None. None whatsoever. And the only logical explanation, obviously, is racism, right? Like, that's it, right? 100%. 100% racism. Regardless of how they feel in their hearts, and you don't know how people feel in their hearts, I don't care about their hearts. I'm looking at the evidence and the results. Like, it's institutional racism. And uh, this weird sense of entitlement, because uh, I wish I had it in front of me, but one of the police officers, like, went and wrote a letter to, I guess, the rest of his uh, people in the force uh, Mm -hmm. about how they basically got railroaded by the department. And I'm like, how did you get railroaded by the department? You, you, you guys walked and you knew yeah. you were going to walk well, yeah. because some people said, uh, I don't know, maybe they shouldn't have done that. I don't know, but it's in the rules. They're allowed to is, is essentially what this always comes back to. It's like, well, they followed the rules. Well, then the rules are fucking wrong. Like that's it. Yeah. The rules are fucking wrong. The law is fucking wrong. It should not be okay for one group of people to kill another group of people. And that's essentially what the law says. It's fucking reversed. You know, I mean, uh, uh, people are like, well, you know, don't blue lives matter too? Like don't all lives matter? Whatever it is, which is such fucking racism. But, but like, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, neither of us are sitting here saying that police officers should die. That's not like, what we're, we're saying is that they yeah, should. This is just the nonsense officers. where they just want to reframe and change the discussion because they they know that what they're saying is wrong and what happened was wrong. So they can't right. have the discussion of wasn't it wrong for them to bust into someone's house and cause someone to be killed. Yeah, uh, we can't talk about that because that's obvious. Yeah. Well, what about blue lives? What, what about it? Yeah, what about it? But blue lives matter to the state because what's the punishment for someone who kills a police officer? It's the harshest. It's the harshest, uh, harshest time you can get in any state. It's capital punishment in most states. Any state that has capital yeah. punishment, killing a police officer is that's the crime. It's but it, always a higher crime than killing anybody else. Yeah, but it should be reversed because the police officers represent the state. 
So if the police exactly. officers kill anybody, that should be where the highest punishment is because of the, their right, actions. Because you're leaving do, a terrible stain on the state's reputation. Yeah, their actions do harm and, to the and state. And actually, as we can see now, on the stability and existence of the state itself. Yeah. As much as they complain about people in the street protesting, well, there's a reason they're protesting, dummies. Yeah. Maybe yeah. if people behave properly, then you wouldn't have people protesting, and then the state would have more security. It's 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 craziness, and and I don't see how it ends in any other way except for a lot of people dying. Yeah. Yep. I mean, do do you see anything else happening? Because I don't. Yeah. No, because people don't want to think. No. They don't no. want to think. Uh, they won't admit when they're wrong, and they don't want to change. No. Yeah, they don't. And the people in power across the world right now, with a few handful of exceptions, the people in power across the world are the absolute worst, selfish idiots. How crazy is that? You know, that like pretty much all the major world leaders, except for, like you said, a couple exceptions are all like either fucking already fascist despots or like seriously wanting to be a fascist despot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got like Angela Merkel, you know, who's in pretty serious danger right now in Germany, and she's mm-hmm. had to move right because of her people. And then yep. you got that lady down in uh, New Zealand, right? Yep. Yep. But like, besides for that, you know, <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, that's the I, other interesting thing is that there's like four or five uh, women leaders that are pretty, pretty decent. And uh, I really can't say much for any of the men. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Nobody's perfect, of course. And uh, no one's pure good or pure evil. But, uh, you know, that, that seems to be the pattern. The few people who are doing something intelligent and moral seem to be the women leaders. It's really, you know, it makes you wonder. And this, this might be like the, the bridge into our conversation about religion, right? Because what we're talking about here is trying to figure out how to kind of level up humanity to the next stage of evolution. Do you know what I mean? Like that's kind of like where the conversation is at for us. And, um, and here we are kind of like talking about this in the middle of such a moment in history where it's like, good, good Lord, man. I mean, have you forgotten Europe, you know, what world war looks like? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's because no one dreams of losing. They always have right. the dreams of winning. Right. Right. You know, but like maybe go spend like a week in Syria, see what that's like. And then come yeah, back absolutely. here and talk about like what, you know, what you'd like or to be. Lebanon. Or fucking Lebanon, you know, or pretty much anywhere in the Middle East and come yeah, back here. Yemen. And, I mean, you can go to plenty of places. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then come back here and talk know. about. But then they still just say, well, that's over there. That could never happen here. Yes, it can. Which was, I mean, that was the idea behind the virus, right? Yeah. That's in China. Yeah, it would never happen here. What happens to the global economy you guys have been talking about for the past few decades? All of a sudden, the the virus is going to be, oh, oh, that's the border. We can't cross. (laughs) I thought that there was a chance we might end up finding ourselves, like, united as a nation against China if this shit got worse and worse. You know, that was the plan. That was the plan. That's what I thought. I mean, I thought we might kind of move in that direction. Like, can can you like guys over there maybe get control over what everyone's eating? Like maybe maybe take some control over that. Like you're you're a communist nation. You control everything already. 
So like, why, why are all the diseases coming from you guys? You know? <laughs> I thought that that would like be a thing, but no, 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 no. Like this has been an opportunity for us to like grow in hatred towards each other. It's, it's yeah. Bizarre. I mean, there was definitely some environmentalists who, who, who and animal rights activists who tried to talk, talk about that, but the president's voice is way bigger as we were yeah. saying before. I keep thinking back to September 12th, 2001, like the mm. day after September 11th and like what that was like, you know, where you really had fascinatingly a, a united America in that moment, sure. you know, where it was like, here's this common enemy and, and uh, nobody fucks with us and that kind of, that kind of mindset. But since mm. then, you know, it's been this, you know, sort of one step after another towards where we're at now. And I'm sorry, but both sides are to blame for this shit. You know, what, I mean, I, what were you going to say? Oh, no, just on uh, the September 12th, uh, not the specific date, but, you know, the after September 11th effect. One, yeah. of, one, one of the big missed opportunities was the president at the time was uh, Bush. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, what can we do? You know, Mr. President is the attitude. Shop. Shop. What can we do? And he said, go shop. Precisely. Yes. I know. I know. I know. Yeah, that was such yeah. a missed opportunity. Such a missed opportunity. And yeah. essentially that's what they tell us now. Oh, we gotta get the economy open. We yeah. Open up the country. Yep. Like, well, being open brought the virus. I don't I don't know. Like I'm all for yeah. open openness, but you're basically like just selling us to open our wallets and then to put it into your bank account. That's essentially the openness they're talking about. Yeah. You know, he like had a moment there. Yeah. He he had a moment there of you know, really having an opportunity to unite Americans in a way that hadn't been since the day after Pearl Harbor attack. Right. You know, and and he 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 didn't he didn't use it. Not you know? not only did did his countrymen say, you know, what can we do? The whole world was asking, what can we do? Yeah, yeah. And the answer was shop. It was shop. I would I would have had to have some kind of platform of well, then let's be one world essentially. Right. Let's start thinking about that. What what's the new global alliance going to be? Right. Let's figure that out. That's what we really need because everything is a global threat right now. Yep. There's yep. nothing now th- that happens to just one nation and it doesn't affect everybody else. You know, they yeah. cut down their rainforest in in the Amazon and the temperature goes up across the entire globe. Yep. We built too many cars. The pollution goes up across the globe. You know what I mean? Yeah. On and on yeah. and on. You, no, no nation is an island, so to speak. Yeah. So we really need to be doing things globally. Not, not going to happen. I'm like, I'm like yeah. so frustrated even talking about it because it's well, it's not going to happen. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, aside from you know, uh, and 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 I think this is partially why we have so many tyrants coming up. Which is, aside from a benevolent tyrant, I was going to say, nothing's going to change at this point. You can't convince people to change anymore. So someone was going to have to make you at gunpoint. Uh, and I think that's why people on both sides are kind of looking for this, you know, mythological strong man to come and be like, I'll take over and I'll make them do the right thing. And depending on what your point of view is, whether that's the right thing or not. Yeah. Uh, but that's really, really, really dangerous. It's really dangerous. Especially now. Especially now. Yep. I mean, it's, well, it's one thing. It's one thing when you know ancient Persia was you know trying to conquer the world. That's bad enough. But like now, any person trying to trying to conquer the world is in effect going to destroy the world. 
Well, it was the maybe one of the greatest men of all time that were leading ancient Persia to conquer the world at that time. I mean, Cyrus the Great, it doesn't get much better than that, you know, <laughs> like that guy. That's my probably my favorite. Uh, my favorite historical character is Cyrus the Great and <laughs> what he did. I mean, he basically conquered the world by making promises and following through on them. And uh, and reading the leaves, looking around and seeing the brutality of the Babylonians and being like, you know, uh, how, how are you all enjoying this brutality? Not not very much. Would you care for a different route? Because I offer that, you know, and if you join me, I'll, I'll pay you. I'll help you rebuild your culture and your nation. You can go back to where they took you from and all this shit. And that's what he did. If it wasn't for that guy, there wouldn't be Jews, Christians or Muslims anymore. Well, that, well, that's that's almost how he pitched his argument. <laughs> yeah. The, the Greeks looked at it as like, we're just going to be another slave state to you. Like, essentially, we'll completely lose ourselves. Yeah. So yeah. But if you, yeah. Yeah. But if you really look at like, you know, who the Greeks were and who the Persians were, we should have been rooting for the Persians in that one. Like the whole like, <laughs> the battle with Thermopylae in the 300, like when you watch that movie and it's like we side with the Greeks because they're like, they're like the white people. Yeah. Well, you, and, can't, like, you, can't, you can't go by that movie. I, I love no. that movie, but like just as a fictional action movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but when you really look weird. at like, when you look at like the actual policies of the of Persian empire and the actual policies of Greek, I mean, Persia was the West. In terms of like the highest ideal, you know, and the Greeks. I don't know. I still, I, I, I still say it was Athens more so. I still feel like yeah. Athens. Yeah, yeah. Athens I, you certainly Athens. couldn't say the Spartans. The Spartans enslaved an entire peoples and like kept them in bondage forever. Yeah, um, the Roman people until, until they were <laughs> yeah. essentially uh, absorbed by the Romans after. Some, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Spartans uh, enslaved their own people. I mean, that that was like one of the craziest cultures that ever existed. You know the Spartans, like good Lord, man, what what they yeah. used to do. But uh, anyway, yeah, it's it's um it's complete craziness. And you know, I I I really hope that we're wrong when we talk about this stuff. Like, I hope that we're like really getting it wrong. But honestly, I don't think we are. You yeah. know, and, and I really feel it when I when I just walk outside my apartment, and this is Southern California, where people like have a beach and they can go there and like not think about anything. Sure. You know what I mean? Like you could be apolitical in Southern California yeah. and, and like have a life or whatever, but like the, the tension in the air, even here is completely out of control. And we're not even on top of each other here. You know, we don't have that cold weather that drives humans right. crazy. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, I just think, you know, it's like every now and then humanity decides that we have to come to a moment in history where a lot of people die. And then a lot of people die. And then we look around and go, oh, fuck, what were we doing? Let's reimagine a world where this can never happen again. And then the cycle sure. starts anew. Yeah. You know what and, I mean? Hence our, our previous talks where I say, uh, not really trying to reshape the world right now, but laying a framework almost for after. Yeah. Starting from nothing. That's almost the nothing that we're talking about, unfortunately. Unfortunately, I mean, yeah. we're supposed to be these big, big brain uh, beings that are supposed to be thinkers and figuring things out. Mm -hmm. But uh, it doesn't seem like we're figuring out anything to do other than to manipulate and kill each other. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, both you and I listened to this uh, podcast by this guy named Dan Carlin, who I really like a lot. He does a podcast called Hardcore History, which is one of my favorite podcasts ever. Like so much of what I like know about history, I just actually learned listening to his podcast. Uh, the dude is um, really interesting and fun. And he also has this other podcast called Common Sense. And both of us listened to it. And he raised the point where he was like, look, I don't like either Biden or Trump. But my thing is, Trump is sitting there in office and saying that he doesn't believe he can lose the election unless it's rigged. And he's not guaranteeing a peaceful transfer of power. Day so after like, day, he's saying this. Day after day, he's saying this, which is basically what he's 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 drumming the drumbeat of war. Basically, he's saying, like, if I don't win the election, there will be a civil war is what he's saying. Yeah. You know? So like that's in where we're at. Real democracy. He would have already been recognized as a tyrant and deposed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hence, this is not a real democracy. I don't know what the fuck this is. It's not yeah. a democracy. It's not a republic. I don't know what the fuck it is. Well, like, what what do the top 1% think is about to happen? I mean, if there's going to be nothing else, it's going to turn into a proletariat revolution. Like, what do they think is going to happen here? Yeah, I guess they figure they're safe no matter what, right? You know, buy a couple of citizenships, <laughs> disappear, hire some guards. Yeah. Get in the bunker if they really have to yeah. sell out to Trump, you know, yeah. sell out to whatever dictator. They always think there's a way out. I mean, I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm like hoping for a military coup. Yeah. How crazy is that? How crazy? Yeah. Is that? We're in America. And I'm just like, well, Jesus, fuck. I hope the generals step in. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like could you picture of said saying that like 10, 20, 30 years ago. No, no. Five years ago, I couldn't picture saying that, you know. Yeah. It's, and now that's the best you can hope for is like a military takeover. Yeah. And then just yeah. sweat that, that, excuse me, sweat that one out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I'm, I'm going to vote for Biden and go home and throw up personally. Yeah. Essentially, essentially. Yes. You know, because I mean, look at, he's a better option than Trump because at least he's not going to be like Trump in the ways that he is. But like how, how, but how it, it's just dictator versus non-dictator right now. It's not really best presidential candidate. Yeah. I mean, when you look at like his role in history and the way in which like the crime bill that he wrote fucking decimated the African-American community, millions of people in jail who should not be in jail still. And then they leave jail and they don't have the ability to vote anymore. You know what yeah. I mean? Like just 13 yeah, percent yeah. of the population, like every fucking vote counts, you know? I mean, yeah, that that's, dude, that's making an indentured class of people. Yeah. And he did that, you know, not, not to mention that he, he raped at least one woman, you know, like what the fuck, what the fuck are we doing? Uh, it's uh, yeah. I'm out of my mind about it. I mean, I'm completely out of my mind about it. And like, it, it is time for us to level up to the next level of evolution. Like it's time to do that. And it's not that I don't think that's like possible. I think we've talked about this before. Did you know that there are two species of animals that science scientists think have leveled up to the next stage of evolution, at least two right now. And mm, I don't think so now. One is, uh, so there's a, a group of octopi off of California somewhere. And octopi are some, I an mean, octopus is octopi, I guess, are, are some of the I think it's are, octopi. octopi. They're, they're like one of the smartest animals on the planet, you know, <laughs> like yeah, really, sure. really smart. Like they're basically, their whole bodies are their brains. And there's some evidence that, like, we might be the same because they found neural pathways, like, on the tips of our fingers and the tips of our toes and shit. So, like, the entire human body might be a brain, too. But in the octopus, the entire octopus body is, like, one big brain. And and what holds them back 
is they only live about two, two and a half years. And they don't, they typically don't learn from each other in communities. They don't function in communities, except for this one group of octopi off the coast of California that Uh built a community. Well, there you go. I guess that's going to be the next uh, beings to take over the planet. I mean, right? Like they're fucking, they're learning from each other. Yeah. They're not too irradiated for you. They're, they're fucking. Sorry about all the plastic. I'm telling you, they're they're learning from each other, right? And then like growing in intelligence, and very very quickly became the the peak predator, obviously of their space. You know, no one can fuck with them because an octopus by awesome. itself, if they know how to do it, can kill any animal. You know, and mm-hmm. so they're they're the the I guess the apex predator of their space, and they can't get in there, and they've leveled up. So that's one, and then the other one are uh, chimps. Uh, scientists believe that chimps have now entered the Stone Age because of their use of tools and stones. Hmm, that makes sense. That makes right? Isn't that interesting? That's awesome, actually. That's pretty awesome. I, I think so too. But like, so I, I think like you know, the hopeful side of me is is sitting here going, why can't that be possible for humans? You know, I, I just think that that is possible for humans. You know, yeah. that, that we can level up, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> I don't think, unfortunately, I don't think debate would get us there. I wish debate would get us there. Like, just uh, let's sit down at a table, uh, argue it out, and we'll find out the best way to get through this. But that's that's just yeah. not the way I'm finding. No, uh, no. That's why religion could be the way, as much as, like, you, I want and you want. I think humans will evolve past religion at some point. Yeah, but I think the middle step might just be maybe a benevolent dictator of the mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? uh, you know, someone yeah. who can come up with this this theology or whatever, really like a uh, come up with like a viral meme, take over the minds of everybody into this new way of thinking, and then that becomes a peaceful transfer of power because there's just so many of them that believe this. Yeah, that, uh, you have to like make a deal with them essentially, or your your country will never know peace. Well, I mean, the, the way that evolution would sort of work here when there's a, a next phase of, you know, kind of your ev- evolutionary kind of development there, I mean, the way that it typically works is, is that you level up because there's advantage or survival advantages to doing that. You know what I mean? Like, like that, what, what it offers, like, why did the octopi figure out that they live in community? Like, who knows why it happened, but ultimately it happened. And there's obviously great advantage to that, which is why you know, it, it's working. This is why, why they're doing it because, because they, they now have the advantage over their area. And the same thing with the chimps, they leveled up to the stone age because it turns out that using tools helps them. You know, yeah. you use a stick and stick it in the termite, whatever, pull up the termites and you eat it. And, and now it works better. They, they can pass that information on. Exactly. Exactly. So whatever it is, it has to offer humanity a survival advantage that didn't exist before. Yeah. You know, well, for humans, community is survival. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So, Safe. so belong, belonging in a way is, is kind of enough. Safety, safety and belonging, you know, and, uh, um, you know, that, I mean, peace too, right? But that's, that's the level mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. is that, you know, you know, you can live in peace and survive. You know, that who doesn't want that? Everybody wants that, you know, and if you don't want that, then, Obviously, you're outside of the evolutionary process. You know, what I mean, you're and, like- and it's and it's weird because like 
this is like where we are talking like the elites because they don't believe anyone's smart enough to, right. <laughs> to, right. to do anything, right? They need right. somebody to show them the way and tell them what to do. Right. And it's like, I spent my whole life being like, no, that's not it. They yeah. just were showing the truth and there's enough evidence. And it's just like, now I'm older and it's just like, no, no. Uh, the elites <laughs> were right about one thing and unfortunately that that was it. Yeah. So then it's just like, what do you do about it? It's like, well, do you just lead them down a path of darkness like they've been doing, or do we lead them yeah. down a path of righteousness, essentially? Yeah. Exactly. So, um, all right. So I, I got two things that I that I definitely want us to do in this conversation. You probably have more. Um, and uh, the first one is I, I really want to take a little bit to like review the last episode with Vishnu. Cause like I've fucking listened to it a few times and I still don't get it, man. Like I thought that I got it. I, I like. And, me, and meanwhile, I've been expounding past that's what I'm going to do next. <laughs> I know, I know. So you you're like ma- like major steps ahead of me. But this goes. I mean, I've always told you that you're the smartest person I know and way fucking smarter than me because I'm still stuck on like what like Vishnu like was saying and and I edited that just like you did, which meant I listened to sure. it a bunch of times. And I even took part in the conversation. And at the end of the conversation, I was like, yeah, I, this speaks to me completely. All right, where do I sign up and what do I do? And now listening back, I'm just like, the fuck was he talking about? The fuck are we saying? And I think, <laughs> I, I, think I get like the basic idea of it, but I definitely want to, I definitely want to go over that. Well, and then the other- it, it's the, it's the philosophy edge of it that for our purposes, that's more and more so than the hard science, which the hard is science that I completely get. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's get to that. But then the other thing I want to do is, is I want to, I want to write out with you, uh, doesn't have to be 10, but like a list of commandments, basically Mm -hmm. my mindset, like of what the new religion is. And then I guess that there's a third thing. It's that, you know, I'm obviously not a hundred percent sold on, on, um, you know, on there being possible that a religion could actually be good for humanity. So like, I guess we'll have to sort of figure that shit out. So that, those are the three things that I bring to the table. What about you? Like anything, anything beyond that? No, I think, I think that's plenty. (laughs) All right. I I mean, I don't really like, this is part four of the religion conversation and I'm not sure that we need a part five. Like we'll get through this and sort of see. It's like just when you hoped it was over folks. Nope. Part nope. four. Part four. <laughs> exactly. And we know what we're covering next. <laughs> we know what we're covering next. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. We'll get to that one next, but uh, but we'll see if we can like bring the conversation at least for now to a close, and then sure. uh, and then move on to the next one. So, all right. So first things first for me. Walk me through the whole Vishnu thing again. Like I I know what the double slit experiment is, and I mean just like the 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 most simple way of explaining it is is that scientists discovered that for some fucking reason, when you shoot photons through uh, two slits of like I don't know if it's like a piece of paper or a metal or who knows what it is, mm-hmm. and it hits a piece of paper like a certain amount of feet away, that if you're not watching it at all, the photons are totally, they hit totally spread out and randomly against the the thing that they're hitting against. But if you watch it while it happens, they organize based off of where the slits are. That for some reason, it actually has a direct impact on the experiment if you're watching it happen versus not watching it happen. Did I kind of hit the nail on the head there in terms of what the double Yeah, yeah, that's, that's kind of the beats of it. Uh, philosophically, and I, get, I think beside before I say philosophically, the non-locality of of, the, of quantum particles that's been proven again and again. So just that's 
no longer really in the realm of theory. That's kind of like in the realm of fact, just for but, anybody listening. But, but by non-locality, you mean they're neither here nor there. They're sort of it's like multiple more, places at once. It's more like, like so if you're looking at a, a penny, you can kind of like measure the width of the penny, the weight of the penny, the location of the penny, and like what time the penny was there. And what they're saying, when you get to the very small, that ability kind of disappears. Right. And you can know one of those coordinates at any given time, but you're never going to know all those coordinates. It's right. more like a probability field. Right. So it's because right. uh, technically it's moving, it's vibrating, it's appearing and disappearing. And then you have this uh, element of uh, particles that are somehow entangled, I believe is the term they use. Uh, so like if you take an individual particle and you smash it and split it up into uh, electrons, for example, even though they're now distinct particles, when you do something to one or you measure the one, you can infer the measurement of the other accurately. Right. Even though right. they're not connected by anything, at least not right. anything that we can perceive yet. Right. And then there's there's also shit where, like, if you shoot a certain type of, like, laser through a certain type of prism, you'll end up with two separate lasers. But what's unique about it is that they're of equal power, which means that it's not two separate lasers. It's actually still one laser in two separate places. So the laser passes through the prism and then gets split into two separate places and then hits against two separate things, which shows that, like, you know, just how weird this shit is that it's, these are the exact same particles in two separate places at the same time, basically. Right. Like it's, th there's this weird shit going on at the quantum level that, that doesn't seem to, you know, be totally aligned with how, sh how shit seems on the atomic level. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on the, the micros, I guess the beyond microscopic level and then the macroscopic level. Right. The atomic level versus the subatomic level. Don't quite marry uh, together in a way that we understand. Right. Right. But exactly. In a, in a way, I guess philosophically, it's like, um, well, let me stay with this news point is that that entanglement exists in all things. And if it exists in all things, then that means we're in, in essence entangled with each other. Right. In a real way, everything that in a real physical way, whatever happens to me happens to you and so on and so forth. We're not right. separate. Right. And I guess if we think of the universe having originated at one point that expanded out to everything we see, that also makes a certain kind of sense. If right. everything started out was one, how could it ever really be any different? Anything one? but one. Yeah, it's just one big it's, it's a matter of perspective more so than anything else. It's right. like this is what we can measure. Right. Right. Well, look at, I mean, as, as a Jewish person, I mean, this makes a lot of sense to me because when you look at like the specific wisdoms of the different faiths or whatever, like, you know, God and God's oneness is sort of the, one of the main kind of most, you know, sort of basic boiled down points of Judaism, right. Is, is the oneness of sort of all things along those lines. Right. So that kind of, that sits pretty naturally within my mm -hmm. framework for sure. Mm-hmm. That makes, yeah, that, I was going to say that's uh, even when you have, uh, what's the word, uh, pagan or like a religion where it's like a poly, uh, yeah, polytheistic, polytheistic yeah. Um, there's still a oneness behind all that. Yeah. It all yeah, has I mean, to start from somewhere. But yeah. if it's the same, the start and the finish, it's still one, regardless right. of how it appears. Right. I mean, and, and when you look at like, 
you know, we talked about with the episode with Vishnu, how similar, you know, that theology is with uh, that philosophy is with Hinduism, given his background with Hinduism. I mean, that that is the enlightened understanding what it's supposed to be of, of Hinduism, that all things are one and, mm-hmm. and that there's God in everything. Right. That's like, right. Like, yeah, there, there's even admittance that even though it's many gods, all those gods are kind of like just a different mask of one God. Right. Right. Which really talked about too much because it's like, it, it's something you're supposed to experience more so than teach. Right. Which by the way, is why a lot of Orthodox and ultra Orthodox Jews are so one of the reasons why they're so freaked out by Christianity and many Orthodox Jews wouldn't set foot into a church because then they're not entirely sure how Christianity can be monotheistic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the sort of yeah, the, the, that's, the actually, that's actually a good one. That's actually a good one. Yeah. That makes me think. I, I, may, I may have mentioned this before, but I don't know if I mentioned it on a podcast. Yeah. But uh, one of the so-called church fathers uh, in a paper called. I think, I believe it's Tertullian versus Praxis or something like that. Yeah. Um, anyway, that was one of the one of the arguments against the early Christian church was like, well, you say you're a monotheist, but you're worshiping God, uh, the Father, Jesus. and then Jesus and the and the Holy Spirit. It's like you got yeah. like three of them. Yeah. Uh, so how is this supposed to be one? Yeah. And the response is that essentially we. He said, look at if you use the sun as an analogy to God, which some cultures have done anyway. And think of it as you can't even look directly at the sun. You don't really understand precisely with your eyes what's right. going on with the sun. You have to right. under, break it down into manageable pieces just to comprehend it. So yeah. there's the light of the sun. There's the warmth of the sun. Yeah. And uh, I forget his third example. Maybe his other example was maybe getting burnt or dried up by the sun or something like that. But anyway, different aspects of the sun you, because you can't understand the totality of it. So he says when we're saying, you know, Jesus that's just an aspect of one. And we're saying Holy Spirit, that's a different aspect of one. And where we're saying God the Father, that's an aspect of one. Yeah. They're not really separate. It's just that we understand them differently on different planes of existence and different circumstances. Yeah. Judaism does the same thing, as a matter of fact, especially in Kabbalah, where you have uh, this kind of understanding of God based on a system of 13 separate, what's called spherot, which um, really are just spheres, basically different mm-hmm. um, ideas of different parts of God. Um, it would be way too long, and I don't know enough about it to go into like extensive details, but essentially the one that's closest to Earth is called the Shekhinah, which is sort of like the motherly, loving, mm-hmm. you know, warm uh, kind of aspect of God, and that's the part that we tend to interact with. So you're kind of meant to imagine a giant bird with a wing, you know, with wings, and with wings and kind of put out and you kind of huddle under the wings for warmth, like the children are there. Right. And then the very top is, uh, you know, the Keter or the, you know, the kingly component of God. And then beyond that is the Ein Sof, which is the never ending part that you just can't even begin to understand. Yes. Right. And, and so like, even there, it's like the idea is oneness, but they're sort of split up. And what's interesting with the, with the Kabbalistic understanding of it is that they then talk about, God being in like a symbiotic relationship with earth and especially humanity. And that there, there, there has to be a certain balance of good and evil. That's always kind of going into and coming out of God. And when humanity is out of balance, and then there's a lot of sort of evil in humanity that actually causes an imbalance of God. And it's almost like you imagine that evil is like, 
God's bile, right? So not to get crass about this, but like mm-hmm. at a time like this, it's like God is basically diarrheaing fucking all over the earth, you know? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. there's just evil everywhere because there's so much imbalance, you know. But when a system is properly balanced, then yeah, on certain times, you know, on Shabbat, for example, the oneness of God is even more one. Like you can have something that's one become even more one in that time. And then there's opportunity for balance to be created and shit like that. But then when you're out of balance, it all gets out of whack and you have to work that much harder to kind of find your way to balance. You know, so even within Judaism, you do find these theologies that still conceive of God as one. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, most of like it just got so pop. You know, like when Madonna is practicing Kabbalah, oh, yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. know, there's a problem. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it is, it is very, very interesting and considered to be quite dangerous, as a matter of fact. Like you and I only recently hit the age where we're only, where we're like allowed to study it. You know? <laughs> Oops. You're not, to, you're not supposed to touch it until you're 40, until you're at least 40. So we looked at I it before I then. so quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it too early. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh it's definitely uh it's definitely a thing. But um but anyway, all right, so so just to make sure I'm I'm like understanding because yeah, I definitely that that, of- that explanation there was very close to what Vishnu was saying. All right. So like like uh he comes and goes with whether or not uh, there's a god or not a god. Yeah, uh, which I'll I'll go I'll swing back to that in a second. But yeah. um but if there is a God, it sounds like it would be close to the Kabbalah. Like if you damage yourself, you're damaging God and vice versa. Right. Right. Exactly. Well, and that's kind of my concept too. I mean, I, I think of the entire universe as a functioning brain, right? As a single functioning brain with hemispheres and different parts and interactive things that functions just like how the human brain functions. And then therefore, like we are in that a part of God, not separate, but we're just, you know, the part of the brain of God that actually has the ability to, to, you know, what do we, you know, what does scientists say? We are the universe observing the universe, you know, that that's mm-hmm. what we are. We are God observing God, interacting inside of God and have the power within each and every one of us to either increase God's health or do a little bit towards killing God, right? That that's like yeah. what the power is within us. But the idea that there would be separations between person and person, person and thing, person and animals, all that stuff is just an illusion. It's not really real. You know, so if I punch you in the face, I'm punching myself in the face. If I chop a tree down, I'm chopping myself down. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all that stuff. So that that part like really does sit well with me. It's like easier for me to understand that. And I don't need yeah. to go through like the slit experiment or the. Right. I like, mean, that, that's as old as the, the pagan saying as above, so below. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just, that, it's just that like, wow, you know, now they have numbers to prove it. You know, now we have scientific observation that prove it. Yeah. Um, at, at the risk of uh, sounding like, what's his name? Deepak Chopra. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate that guy. Are you going to quote yeah, Deepak so, Chopra? I don't, don't want to go there. These are all just like analogies rather than ultimate truths to try yeah. to get to an ultimate truth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like there's a straight and narrow path, but there's many straight and narrow paths. And each one of us has our own path to follow to get to that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope you weren't actually quoting Deepak Chopra there, though, because we're, we're gonna we're gonna have beef if you do that, man. <laughs> I, I I haven't read him like in decades, so yeah, there's little little chance of that. Oh God, I heard. I think and I told even, you. I heard even those times was mostly just to like you know give myself a migraine for some reason. Like oh, my goodness, <laughs> again, he's still talking. 
people are still buying. Oh God, help me! You know, you know that he's here, right? <laughs> he's in San Diego. His the Deepak Chopra Center is like oh, that's in, the perfect place for him. Like, yeah. all, everyone's looking to get saved in California. It's it's in and Carlsbad. everyone thinks there's everyone already thinks they're saved in New York. <laughs> yeah. the the Deepak Chopra Center is like ten minutes where I used to ten minutes from where I used to live in Carlsbad, and it's like this whitewashed resort that when you go through the gates, you're like, have I arrived in heaven? Like, what is this place? And that's where his center is. And, and like, what's so – I heard an interview with him once where he said something like um, – the, the interviewer asked him what life is. And he said, life is a – what was the quote? Life is a temporary sexually transmitted condition. And I and immediately I'm just like fuck the fuck off. <laughs> like it's like wow, so, Deepak, you're so clever. So you found a really unique way of saying that my parents fucked, and here I am in life. I'm gonna die at some point. Like that's all you had to say. Your parents fucked. Mm-hmm. Here you are. You know, which is why I I have such beef with religion because it's like there's so much work there playing on the weaknesses of the human mind instead of trying to teach things that are meant to design people differently. You know, where it's like. Something about like a play on words tickles the brain in a way where you just think that like, oh, like what a what a wise man, what an interesting thing but, that he just said. And it's all bullshit. You know, it's like it's like uh, what a magician does, basically, you know, a sleight of hand maneuver. Sure, sure. And um, and, I, and I get real cynical about shit like that, because it's always people like that that are like turning around and taking advantage of people and like, <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know having sex with uh, people who they shouldn't be having sex with. And and, and I'm sure people, him and people like him are at the point where they're so insulated from reality. Yeah. Yeah. He actually said in that interview that he's sure that if someone were to take him and like place him in Syria, that he would still be able to smile at existence, you know, with his diamond studded glasses. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm like, prove it. Prove it. Because I don't think you're, I, I do not think that you could. <laughs> so go and prove it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And it's like, and then just stay there, you know, you don't have to come back. No, <laughs> yeah, it's fine, you know? Yeah. They, they, yeah. they clearly need your help more than we do. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, but like, there's nothing tricky about saying, look, the universe is one. I'm sorry, but like you can come at it from a lot of different angles. You can come at it from your faith tradition. You can come at it from science. You can come at it from philosophy, but it's hard to argue with the fact that the universe is one. Like it's there right in front of us. And, um, and we should allow that knowledge to affect our behavior and our thoughts. Right. Yeah. And it it makes me think uh, as far as, uh, so looking at, at quantum and, and, not being able to get all the measurements of a thing at once, essentially, or be able to predict all the things at once about it. Yeah. That's also very human. <laughs> Philosophically, it's also very human. Like I can look at a group of people, and if you observe them long enough, you kind of know what the group's going to do. But you can't account for what any individual is going to do in the group at any given time. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's almost the same when you're looking at a person one-on-one, too. Right. Certain things you can predict and then they still manage to surprise you. They're just, just way out there because a person is not one thing. Yep. I not keep, even two things. Yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's one of the that's one of the lessons that I keep trying to remind my oldest daughter. So she's at the stage where it's like really hard to conceptualize of that and you start like finding yourself in more sophisticated social situations. And you know, I mean she does the same thing that I often do, which is you sit and you play through 
all of the possibilities in terms of what yeah. you're going to say to a person and how they're going to respond and, you know, how they're going to do everything else. And, and I always try to say to her, you know, it's not a bad idea to play this stuff through. Like it's, it's never yeah. a bad idea to do that, but you should know that never once has anyone responded to me the way that I thought they would. <laughs> <laughs> not once. And I might have played through a thousand different possibilities, but it's never happened exactly how I thought it would. You know, yeah, Je- Jessica told me a similar story about her trying to predict me. <laughs> and, oh. it, and it was like, as she's telling me, like, like different th- things in, in different scenarios. And uh. it never worked out the way that she thought. No. <laughs> I mean, thankfully, it worked out better than she thought. But she always had like a negative, like, oh, it's going to go bad. Like, if I tell him this, <laughs> it's like, <"Ended> after that. like. <laughs> that's really funny. That's really, really funny. <laughs> Yeah, keeping them on their toes, man. That's 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 the that's the gig. You know what I mean? <laughs> I want to I want to find someone who's totally comfortable with that too. Just keeping them on their toes. That's, that's not a bad not a bad scenario. <laughs> oh man. So uh, all right. So uh, I think I don't think I necessarily need to understand all the stuff that Fishnu is saying. Then is what you're saying, like listen back to it you know he's bringing mathematical theory in there and all this stuff and yeah it's it, it's great to have it because like uh the ultimate <laughs> I, I guess we need a different word than religion but we'll keep using religion the ultimate religion would be able to bring in the atheist yeah yeah i mean it would need to be and, and if i'm all i'm saying is like well we're saying this math we believe this math <laughs> Right. You believe it, too, obviously. Uh, we can't quite grasp it that way. That's not how most people think. Uh, maybe one day we yeah. will. Uh, there's yeah. a million ways to get to this. To yeah. get people to understand this. And that's kind of like what we're about. Yeah. Like how do how do we take this science now and make it uh, relatable and usable to make an ethical society? Yeah. Yeah. So the the, the basic then most basic assumption of all for all things like you know doesn't matter how you're getting there if you're getting there through faith through the gateway of faith through the gateway of philosophy through the gateway of math through the gateway of science through the gateway of anything the ultimate result is all is one right yeah that's that's the result all yeah. things and then, are actually then one the, it'll be the work of humankind to realize that to be constantly chipping away at that and waking up to that and living right. that right so then, so then that, I mean, look, the way the Ten Commandments work in Judaism is the first commandment isn't even a commandment, right? It's just, um, the Lord is your God, the Lord is one. That's the first commandment. Mm-hmm. And that's not a fucking commandment. <laughs> it's a philosophical, theological statement, right? you know? So we're not calling these commandments necessarily, but maybe truisms or statements or something like that. We're just like going to call them commandments for the sake of this conversation. But the first one, therefore, is all is one, right? Hmm. Good question. Good question. So I'm here for a man. Here for the good question. <laughs> um, I mean, that's the starting point as far as I'm concerned. I mean, that, that is the starting point, but do we just spell it out like that and people just walk away or do they say, hmm? I guess well, it depends, no, I mean, on the depends on the individual, but like, you know, we'll have other ones following it. But that, yeah, I guess you could say, yeah, you say we're all at all is one essentially. Yeah. And uh, therefore, <laughs> yeah. One through whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like not even one. It's like starred above one, like a yep. legal document. Whereas yeah. we are all one. Right. You know, <laughs> right. One, right. therefore, 
do not okay. dominate other humans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do do not dominate any thinking thing. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. we do not permit ourselves to be dominated. Right, exactly. So, okay, <laughs> before we get to the dominating ones, because I know you got your, you know, BDSM thing, and you want to get to the, <laughs> straight to dominate. You're looking at my browser history? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying, you know, all the sleepovers we had as kids, you know what I mean? I always slept with one eye open. Just find you with, like, leather standing above me, fucking, <laughs> with, like, a small choker in your hand. Getting ready one to eye open? I thought you were winking at me. Oh, that, was <laughs> that was confusing. That was confusing. Um, I, I'd like to add the um, always, like, be skeptical. Like, question everything as a commandment, too. And I wonder if that goes next. Like, if question everything is a commandment, does that all this one, commandment one, question two, um, commandment two, question everything. You know, I, like, I just feel like that's a really important, like, thing. Um, uh, maybe people can take it too far, but the idea is, is that, like... Yeah, I feel like my, it was, it was weird as you were saying, they, at, at first, my first reaction was like, yeah, perfect. And then the other one was like, oh, yeah, but people are assholes. <laughs> <laughs> And then, because I think that would be like the, the perfect out. Look at like look at the people we're complaining about now. Yeah, you have to look at real people, and I think they would just take that and like twist it and like destroy this thing before we even got off the table. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's cool to question everything, but like you know, look at someone like fucking Kyrie Irving, the basketball player, who's like a flat earthist or whatever, and it's like, all right, dude, come on. We don't need yeah, to question yeah. whether or not the earth is round. We know the earth is round. Can right. we like maybe, maybe quash that one? <laughs> that's, like, that's the frustrating thing. Like we can't even get to a baseline of, of reality. Yeah. It's so frustrating. <laughs> so frustrating. I almost thought I considered starting a fund me, go, you know, to send Kyrie Irving to space thing. Let him fly around the earth a couple of times, come back down and go, hey, you know what? It is round. It's round. It's totally, totally <laughs> fucking round. But like you, that, you probably just claim it was fake, like a fake hologram or something. Uh, something, something. They knock, they knock me no, out. Nothing work. Like a total recall situation, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, all right. Well, let's let's maybe table question everything because I, I do, I do. We I, we want to leave it open to being questioned, but I don't think I can make it a, a commandment because yeah, I think that unravels the entire thing. As yeah. long as is it's question proof. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to have stuff like thou shall not question like or who are you to question <laughs> like they have in some other books. Like that's not really part of it. Right. Right. I mean, that's that's sort of one of the, the it's aspects like, of it's like baked in question only one. I mean, you can't really come to a different conclusion than yeah. all things are connected. Yeah. Like, what are you going to say? Everything's disconnected. Like, yeah, well, I mean, good for you. Go off somewhere else <laughs> and be disconnected <laughs> from everyone yeah. else. <laughs> that's one of my one of my beefs with the bible is that god is always right in the bible you know, right but even and even when god is wrong even god when he's is wrong still right it's like yeah it's like a bully like yeah what are you gonna do about it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and so like I, I i always had a problem with that because you know when if god is modeling sort of parenthood there you know that's that's really one of the the most unhealthy things that you could do as a parent is present yourself as always right you know, and actually one of the best things you could do as a parent is admit when you're wrong to your kid, you know, just that powerful moment of saying, Hey, you know what? I was actually wrong there. You were right. And I was wrong. Like the, the learning from that, you know, is mm -hmm. so important, you know? So, um, that's, you know, yeah. In many ways, the learning needs to be a two, two way street. 
So maybe instead of question everything, maybe it's like, and, and you aren't always correct. <laughs> maybe that's a we could We could put um, sort of like, I guess, maybe if we looked at them as imperatives rather than um, laws or, or commandments. Yeah. If it's an imperative, you could always have a, a, an imperative for learning. Yeah. You know, yeah like it that, could be a virtue or something like that. Yeah. Absolutely. Like there are virtuous behaviors that get you, quote unquote, closer to heaven. Or right. in this case, I guess, synchronicity with the divine or synchronicity with oneness. Right. Or just yourself and your environment around you. You know. Right. Um, all right. So, uh, so then imperative one is all is one. Let's do the dominating ones next and then talk about the imperative to learn after that. Because it seems it does seem like, therefore, the imperative to not dominate or be dominated is uh is what follows next right because that's what follows the all all is one thing so um sure. which do you put first all is one is the first imperative what's the second par- imperative it's definitely and a lot of like these whole not dominating things it's like a uh, protectionist essentially because we and i as we said in previous discussions somehow every religion missed that yeah <laughs> yeah you know yeah. most of them had slaves for for example most of them <laughs> yeah. were yeah. Uh, and they're at least psychologically dominating, if not anything else, if not physically and militaristically dominating. Yeah. I mean, look at this is going to be like at the end of this conversation, just to let you know, like this is what's going to be like my biggest argument here, you know, against it being possible that there could be a religion that would actually be good for the world. Because when you look at like just Hinduism alone as a religion, right, like the ultimate understanding that it's supposed to bring is the oneness of all things. And that fucking country is the most intensive caste system in all of humanity. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if we think that the whole like, you know, like caste system in America is intense, fucking go there. Like that is like something different, man. <laughs> you yeah. Know? I think, I think we have a couple of things. We have a couple of like, uh, uh, like pokers in the fire. So we have the religion thing, but we also have our our economic system, our mm-hmm. anti-capitalist economic system. So maybe those two things working together, and that's at another point we probably discuss a political system. I'm yeah, I'm not even sure I'm ready for that. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're close. That's a mess. But if we take care, but if we take care of the the religious thing, which we're kind of like on the tip of, and the uh, economic, economic thing, which you figured out, pretty much, pretty much figured out. <laughs> yeah, you figured out. Uh, then the next pillar is is the political system. And <laughs> yeah. so, so, so no, no thing needs to stand completely on its own. Like so, like the religious thing is not going to solve all those things, and the economic thing is not going to solve all of them. But the three together is what does it. All. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. So, okay. And if, for those who are listening, by the way, if you're listening to this on Sunshine and Brain, just go over to uh, Ideas by Andre because uh, already there's a podcast up there where it's Andre's solution to the economic system. And if you're on Ideas by Andre, just fucking scroll down a little bit and find that episode. Listen to that shit. But we'll 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 at least do one episode of that in a big discussion where you can like bring me in on it and uh, make that like Andre and Josh save the world. Only just Josh listen to Andre's idea about how to save the world because. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not like an an economist or anything like that. So, and if we're lucky, some people will have some uh, skeptical questions, and we can wrestle with those. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. So, all right, all is one is uh, is the first one. Second one is uh, uh, do not dominate, huh? Yeah, do not dominate another human. And uh, 
to cover the fact uh, they did the all work together. So don't dominate another human. And then it's do not dominate any thinking thing. And I have multiple reasons for that second one. One is to guard against just human prejudice. Yeah. Because we've continually dehumanized the other humans. Yeah. Yeah. And the other one is to future proof it against, you know, uh, abuses against artificial intelligence and, yeah, alien life and anything else. So that's really getting some people are going to think that's sci-fi, but it, it's it's not sci-fi. Like, yeah, eventually both of those things will happen if we don't destroy ourselves first. Yeah, and animals too. Animals too. And animals know? too. And you, we don't want to liberate ourselves and just enslave another in intelligence. Yeah, and then what? Have to another war and you know possibly go extinct and like let's just future-proof this thing. Yeah, yeah. And then of course the the one you added, which was actually pure genius, was not the not to permit yourself to be dominated. Yeah, do not do not be dominated. All right. Yeah. So this yeah. this gives like if there's a holy war, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the holy war to continually fight for your freedom. Yeah. In every, for yeah. every way you can, whether Those... it's with your words or whether it's honestly with violence. If there's anything worth being violent about, it's that. There's not too many things worth being violent about, but if it's freedom, yeah. That, that's worth writing over. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then, and then it's a, a sort of a real clear line of like who the good guys are and who the bad guys are. Right. You know what I mean? Like, oh, are you trying to dominate a person because that's you're the bad guy? Like that's what you are. Yeah. You yeah. know. Yeah. And uh, we're almost trying to, I guess, indirectly, uh, only because I don't know how to do it directly. To come with a new definition of human. Yeah. And so you almost fall out of being a human if you're someone who takes advantage of the other humans. That's right. Did I ever tell you about uh, um, Rabbi Maimonides' theory about the three souls? I don't believe so. It's fascinating, and I'm not exactly sure how I feel about it, but it is really Mm -hmm. interesting. You want to hear it? Definitely. So this is what he said. He said that... um, uh, he said that there were a potential of three souls that a, that a human being could have. Um, and this is kind of how he broke it down. He said, the first soul is a soul that all living things have. This is just the soul of life. Anything that you can define as a living thing has this soul. <clears throat> so, you know, me, you, trees, grass, you know what I mean? Bugs, like in fish, you know, amoeba, you know, anything that like you can define as a life essentially has that first soul. He says, then the second soul is the soul of moving things. So, you know, insects, fish, humans, dogs, cats, animals, birds, right? Anything that like that, that moves from one place to another has this second soul. And that's the soul of moving things. And then he says, the third soul, you actually have to earn. Like Mm -hmm. you don't, you don't just automatically get it. And in the Jewish context, you're not even able to get it until you're at least 13 years old, which means you've had your bar mitzvah. Ah, uh, okay. Right? And so basically what that soul is, is the soul of ethical behavior. That, that like when you learn about what it means to be good, that's when you get your third soul, which is the human soul. Now, like, I really struggle with that because then what happens is that you can conceptualize of people who might not have the human soul and maybe it's their fault. Maybe it's not right. There might be a person who's like straight up evil. Like and they don't, have to earn it. Yeah. Right. And they, they don't have the human soul cause they're straight up evil. And it's easy to be like, well, yeah, those fuckers don't have the human soul. 
But then sometimes it's like, well, maybe there's a person who's born who has some pretty significant like mental handicaps, you know, Mm -hmm. not just like mental illness, but like Down syndrome. Do you know what I mean? Where like they might just not be able to conceptualize of ethics in the same way that another person can. Um, and, and now all of a sudden it's like, well, they can't fucking have a human soul. Like that doesn't seem to feel right. 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 But at the same time, like there is something really interestingly kind of intuitive about that, you know, to look at someone like Trump or someone who's like blindly following Trump, not understanding the racism and vitriol and hatred that's in there, you know, and, and to be able to say like, yeah, no, that's, uh, you have not earned your human soul, sir. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because he's equating soul with morality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I, I see what he's trying to get at, but like, yeah, like you, I kind of like don't agree, but I, it's like, I see what you're trying to do there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's something interesting about it and I can like jump at it to a point, but then it gets real uncomfortable real quick. <laughs> what well, makes a lot of the, the soul talk very problematic and I, I came to this realization late in life because I'm more of a... Uh, the way I observe the world and understand the world is more uh, imagination mythology side. And then I have to bring it down into like the science be a life side, if you can call it that. Yeah. And uh, other people might, might come from it the other way. Yeah. Uh, so from that, when you read all these books on mythologies and religions and everything, uh, one thing they have in common, most of them is that it's nothingness focused. It's spirit focused. And like a lot of times the body is like an afterthought or not even important sometimes. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah that we need to look at it from both sides. So it's not just like a, it's not like a spirit has a body and some people might be la- lacking a spirit or rather a soul, I believe was the word we we're using. Uh, but I was saying the slightly more science way of looking at it is that essentially matter is a consciousness generating system. Right. Uh, matter created consciousness, consciousness created the gods. Right. So there's two ways of looking at this system. There's the mythology way, and then there's the science way. And and what I'm trying to bring together is like, it's a matter of perception. It's like measuring like a quantum bit. Like it's just what you're looking at at the time. It almost doesn't, it almost doesn't matter. Right. Like it, it almost doesn't matter. Whichever one brings you closer to the truth. Right. Helps you right. get there, but they're both pointing at the same exact thing. Right, right. That that matter and consciousness are part are are linked. They're part and parcel yes. of the same thing. Yeah. And, and when we look at the like uh, non-linear, very slippery effect of what time is starting to really look like, mm-hmm. um, which one came first it's, may not even be a valid question. Yeah, anyway. it might. It doesn't matter really. It's the, the only time it really matters is like, well, when did you first realize it as an individual? You know? Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. So we've got all is one. We've got do not dominate another human. Do not dominate a thinking, any thinking thing. Do not be dominated. Um, what's next? I, I want to, we want to bring learning into this somehow. Right. Yeah. So that that might fall under like a subset of like virtuous actions, I yeah. guess, rather than imperatives. Yeah, like the things the things that you do. <laughs> yeah. The, so this part, the 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 do not dominate, do not dominate anything, do not be dominated. That's you want to like hold it there. That just four commit four imperatives, and that's it as like a baseline yeah. for human behavior moving forward. 
Yeah. And, I mean, unless, unless some kind of inspiration strikes us because anything else we can kind of glean from other texts already. Yeah. But those, these three have been like completely neglected. Yeah. I mean, what I want the result to be is I want, I want human beings to be sort of free from, you know, the potential tyrannies in the future. I mean, you know, we, we sort of have been talking about different things here. You and I have talked about like, like how Hitler like got his shit done, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and like both of us have read Mein Kampf and that's a, a real fucked up read because, most a lot of the time, like almost three fourths of the time, you actually kind of find yourself agreeing with Hitler, right? Because yeah, it's like the best lies have some element of truth in it. Well, and it's straight propaganda one hundred and one. That's how you do it, right? You you basically the way he did it was he you establish trust with the people by giving argument after argument after argument that no one's going to disagree with. So it really is A plus B plus C plus D plus E plus F plus G. You know, and now it's like I've got your trust. And once I hit G, now I can skip to Z because you think that my next thing is going to be the logical next step. And once I've established that point where you think that my next thing is going to be the logical next step, then it's, well, we kill all the Jews. And then it's like, yeah, we fucking kill all the Jews. You know, <laughs> like you, you agreed on a problem. Now you also want to agree with what and how his solution is for the problem. Exactly. It just a lot of times the solution is the fucking final solution. Right. So like what we want is for humanity to be able to to not be susceptible to that, you know, to like to level up the brain in a way where we're not going to fall for the Deepak Chopra bullshit, the Donald Trump bullshit, you know, where you have an entire body of elected people who could just say stop to Donald Trump and he wouldn't be able who could just they could stop him. Like the Republican Party could absolutely stop him from doing the shit that he's doing. Anyone oh, yeah. in there could just oh, say yeah. no, but they're not yeah. they're not willing or able or capable of doing it for a whole host of different reasons. Not the slightest, you know, not the least of which all, being all selfish. We all selfish. what those individual reasons are. They all fall in the category of being selfish rather yeah. than selfless. Exactly. Exactly. So, so those people are not leveled up, right? They don't like see the forest for the trees or whatever, or they don't have that like free willed ability to be like, no, actually this is bad for the country. And I'm going to say, stop it. You know, <laughs> like they're all like susceptible to that shit. You know, it's like, how did Hitler happen? We're just, we're watching it now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, we really are. so they haven't leveled up to the next piece. So like, what's the, what's the assumption that's going to bring it to the point where people can, not fall for that shit anymore. Is that folded up within the dominate thing or is there something else there that can be added to the commandments that like really makes that next level, the next evolutionary step happen? I think there might be another no dominate rule. All right. So we'd have <laughs> don't dominate another person essentially and don't allow yourself to be, but I guess the next thing would be don't let your fellow human be dominated. That way you can't ignore someone else's plate. Yeah. It's like one of those things that should be obvious is why we didn't mention it, but it's like, these are humans we're dealing with. Nothing is obvious. <laughs> yeah, that's actually brilliant. If they can find a loophole, they will find a loophole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and then it really is like a group, like a group effort, you know, it's not just me trying to make sure that I'm not dominating. It's not um, me, you know, trying to make sure. And then it's obviously don't let your fellow human dominate. <laughs> Right. right, right. 
It's like, yeah, if you're going to get up and act on anything, this this is when you get up and act. <laughs> this is when you need to wake up. Yeah. There, we, we'll, we'll put like a little like disclaimer on the bottom. Like, you know, for those of you who do practice BDSM, this isn't about you. You know, if you want to <laughs> dominate, you know, feel free to go. Just like a little like asterisk. It, 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 yeah, because, well, the funny thing with that is it's like, well, if you're asking to be dominated, then it's not really dominating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like dominate you, dominate me because I told you to, motherfucker. This is, <laughs> it's this like, all right, slow down, slow down. All right. This country <laughs> needs a safe word, is what this country needs. <laughs> don't make it complicated. Red light, yellow light, green light. Keep it simple. Yeah, seriously. You, don't, you don't need it to be like, you know, fucking uh, peach cream or something like that, because then it's like, <laughs> you can't get it out. Just keep it simple. Red light, yellow mm-hmm. light, green light. Mm-hmm. That's the only way to go with the safe words, mm-hmm. people. It's the only way to go. So, uh, all right. So now we're at, uh, now we're at six. All is one. Do not dominate another human being. Do not denominate, do not dominate a think, any thinking thing. Do not be dominated. Do not let your fellow human be dominated. Do not let your fellow human dominate. Yeah. It's crazy. That seems to solve a lot of issues because it's like, honestly, on a religious basis, Whatever the hell you do after that, I don't care. Like, I will fill the book after that, yeah. uh, essentially with suggested practices and encourage people to add their own practices to uh, actualize oneness yeah. with the universe and their fellow human. Yeah. It's like, after that, go do what you want. Like, <laughs> live yeah. long and prosper. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, after that, I mean, I guess after that, you figure out uh, what types of people are, and like, you know, who some people need physical things, some people need psychological things, you know, some people yeah. need a, a whole list of to dos. Yeah, uh, uh, to, to celebrate or to process a religion, I guess. So yeah, I mean, not to be. I guess, I guess this may be closer to a a. What this section here is really like the philosophy. Yeah, and then the I guess the only religious part of it would be like as we were talking about the possibility of making a story. Yeah. Making so a story that uh, kind of tell people that. can tell over and over like the story of the people that we know is a false story, but it's an allegory. It's essentially. Yeah. A, yeah. I mean, that, that, that uh, spells out how this would work. Yeah. I mean, if I was going to add one or two more pieces to that, to like what we've got there, it would be, you know, the personal journey stuff. So, you know, right. and not to, not to, you know, bring the cheese, but um, that's what I'm here for. So, um, it would be, you know, be your best self. Do you know what I mean? Like that would be the seventh commandment or seventh imperative is to be your best self, whatever the fuck that means for whoever. And then, um, you know, the eighth one would be celebrate, you know, celebrate all, you know, celebrate your, your, um, how do you even phrase it? Celebrate the best selves and others. Do you know what I mean? Like something like yeah, that. There should like, be a, a culture of uh, instead of waiting for like the downfall of your heroes, so to speak, where you're really truly celebrating anyone, quote unquote, making it, whatever that means. Right? Yeah. Yeah. People's successes and victories and achievements. It should get to the point where it's internalized and like something great happens for your neighbor. You really feel great for your neighbor. Yeah. You don't just applaud because like, oh, well, I guess we have to applaud for him. I was like, no, you should really feel something. Right. I mean, what, what we have now in the, in the 10 commandments that sort of already exist in the Bible 
is this sort of negative version of that of do not covet right. thy neighbor's, you know, shit or whatever. However, yeah, it's yeah, verbalized, yeah. you know, a lot of versions of that. Yeah. Which is like basically, you know, a negative version of that where it's just so you put your hands at your side and shut your mouth and just like try to like, you know, quash the jealousy that's rising up within right, you. Right. You know what I mean? But it's like not saying like, just, it's not saying don't be jealous. Like that kind of negative commandment of like, you know, thou shalt right. not covet thy neighbor's property yeah. or whatever. You know, like this it's is more this, like your neighbor's success is your success. Yeah. Be your best self. And as long as your neighbor thinks the same way, that it will become true. Which is harder than you think the way that mm-hmm. our minds work today. You know, yeah. like you have to really discipline yourself to be like that, you know. Yeah. I mean, I that that level of internalizing it may be a generational shift that – the parents don't feel, but they teach. Yeah. Because they teach yep. it, then the children actually internalize it. And yeah. It becomes back. I mean, I'll tell you, like, I'm, I, I struggle with that personally, and I'm a pretty much a not jealous guy. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I struggle mm-hmm. with that personally. Like, you know, I think about, like, at work and, you know, me and my colleagues are all kind of, like, parallel play, doing the same thing, but working at different times and, I mean, in in different kind of spaces or whatever. And it's hard to watch your fellow succeed when you yourself might be struggling and to be like, yeah, good on you. You know what I mean? You did it when like, you know, I want to be the best. I want to be the one who like makes the most placements. I want to be the one who does all that stuff. And I like discipline myself to be celebratory, but I don't a hundred percent feel how I act towards my colleague when they're, when they're finding success. Do you know sure. what I mean? Like, but I only show what I think is appropriate, which is right. like fucking great job, man. Great. But inside I'm seething, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> fucking great job, yeah. you know, but I would rather that. I, be I, I do think, uh, you know, the, the economic system essentially will take some of this thing out of those type of things where like, again, you're never going to get rid of that competitive edge and nor yeah. should we. Yeah. Uh, but some of the venom that comes along with that should disappear because the stakes are not the same anymore. Yep. Like those, those stakes of other people's success ties into your, to our, uh, survival. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so if someone else keeps getting success, 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 there's limited resources. The way things are allocated anyway, is limited. Right. And in, in a real way that could be messing with your survival ultimately. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? Yeah. So the stakes are real. It's not like there's, it's not for nothing that people feel a certain way when like, oh, well, he, I, I got the, you know, third promotion in a row and yep. we got skipped over again. You know, like that, that's real. Like, so if that's out of the picture, that takes a lot of that away. And then you can really celebrate someone else's triumphs. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And then, and then, and then also go after your own because again, if everyone's taken care of economically, then you can really essentially follow your dream. Yeah. And if that doesn't work, you go follow the next one. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, you might, I, I think you're right there that there's other factors here that are kind of impacting the way our personalities are shaped. And it's not just the kind of religious upbringing or the, you know, philosophical psychological thing that we've kind of got going on here. We're living within a system that, that, um, that sort of creates for certain kinds of brains that have a hard time of, you know, truly being happy for your neighbor when they, when they find success, you know, right truly being happy for someone when they find love or, you know, all that stuff. Like there's so much jealousy kind of pervasive everywhere and it's, it's poisonous. Sure. It's really poisonous. So and I think the, uh, the strength and purpose of a, any, any religion really where it comes into play is like when everything else is falling apart. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah. so what are the core 
eternal things that we fall back on when everything's falling apart. Yeah. So if we have this like really strong moral code, like a real moral code yeah. that's for the perpetuation of the species and enlightenment of the species, then that's, that's a pretty good start of a fallback yeah. rather than don't do this, don't do that. No, here's what you do do. Here's what you don't allow to happen. And these are the core things that make the new humans and that never changes. That's kind of like the strength of religion. It's just like, you know, for Christians, allegedly, it should be the golden rule, but I think really they fall back on the resurrection. You know, so that's that's kind of like their their core thing. So in this, it's the it's the domination imperatives. Yep. Yeah. No, the, I, uh, self self perfecting uh, imperatives. It's like, all right, if the world's falling apart, your personal world's falling apart. That's what you fall back on. Yeah, I mean, when you think about like, what are the what are the kind of if you boil down like the the most basic, you know, theological whatevers of each faith, and we kind of walked through this um, a couple episodes ago here. You know, Christianity, you would say maybe a couple of things. One is you know that God can be on Earth. Um, you know, that's sort of always what the cross stands for, right? You've got um, a line sure. going down and a line going across, so it's God coming down to Earth. You know, it's kind of always what that stands for. But then there's also, you know, uh, love, right? Love kind of frees all. So that's sort of the other piece. And then, and then there's this final piece of, you know, through the sufferings of Christ, humanity got this do over opportunity and that that can be a personal do over, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. worldwide do over, but, but that's kind of what you get. You can have your sins washed and then you have a chance to start afresh through that faith. Right. So that's, kind of a, a nice thing, I suppose, but this isn't, this isn't what we're talking about here. Right. right, we're, right. we're talking about things that, you know, are going to level up humanity in terms of how we think of ourselves and how we think of others. And that's uh, pretty significant. Now, what about like, I guess my only other question for you for this stuff is, do we want to include anything here that's going to um, work against what I see as one of the biggest challenges with religion period? which is that, you know, as soon as you have a group, then you have an us. And as soon as you have an us, then you have a them. And the second you have an us and a them, then you've got problems. And that's like where we're at in our world. And that's a big significant thing. And that's why I walked away from Judaism as an organized faith, because I I look at my own faith and I see a group of people who are voting for the needs of a different nation Right. And who are really looking at the world as an us versus them thing when Judaism is pretty clear that this is why the book of Genesis exists in the first place so that we don't forget that there is no such thing as us and them that ultimately we're part and parcel of a larger human story. And if we fucking forget that, then there's no point in being Jewish because that like runs rampant against like what we're doing. So like I'm not practicing Judaism as like the ultimate expression of Judaism. If that makes sense. Right. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. So like I I worry that like, you know, a hundred years from now, people are gonna come across this podcast and then like project us as, you know, prophets <laughs> of <laughs> Andre Joshism and um and then forget like the big point. So like we talked about this before, like, do we wanna do something like you know, thou shalt not gather, <laughs> you know, don't have any leaders before you. That's the dominate thing that's gathered there. But like, I worry about people following this saying, well, now there's going to be people who believe this and people who don't. And the ones who don't 
are them. And it's our job to grow larger than them and then destroy them, you know, which maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's what you want. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It is a tough one to crack. If I could think of a succinct rule or imperative to uh, guard against, uh, I guess, deifying a person is what we're talking about, right? Well, um, no, kind of. Yeah, we're talking about deifying a person, but we're also talking about gathering, period. You know, we're talking about creating any type of environment where we can look around a room and say, this is us and those are them. And like, they are bad because they don't believe what we believe. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes total sense. Matter of fact, uh, when I'm thinking about writing the myth, the mythology of this, a lot of this, uh, I think of writing what would go wrong in the system. Right, right. And writing that and demonstrating, okay, the good and the bad. So, right, this was what they were trying to do, and this is where it went wrong, and this is how they corrected for it, hopefully, afterwards. Right. And so they realized that you will fail, and right. you will have to make corrections. But the first problem I actually saw uh, with this uh, domination or non-domination system is that as I was saying, I want to make a way that people uh, redefine what it is to be a human. So right. humans being humans, what they will do is, okay, you're not following this new thing. You're not human then. Yep. <laughs> Therefore, the rules don't apply to you. I can yes. kill you. I can take your stuff. I can do whatever I want because exactly. you're not a thinking thing. You're not a human, et cetera. That exactly. would be the very first thing that happens that once this gets organized into like a big group think and someone with political aims rather than sincere aims, like somehow takes a hold of this. Right. And then the level up doesn't happen. And then the level up doesn't happen. Exactly. Exactly. So, so is there a a high level fail safe that we can add to this list of so far eight imperatives to make like a ninth imperative that will um, at least operate as a high level fail safe against that? Hmm. What's funny is, and I don't want to go into detail with this, but we used to have this thing called the the circle. That was more guarded against that than this is. Yeah, yeah, I know, <laughs> I know, because it was a it was a system of you know checks yeah, and balances. Are, yeah, checks and balances, and purpose and things like that. Right. Uh, so we'll table that, but it's something <laughs> for a, a closed door session, and maybe come back to that later. Yeah, uh, but something like that. Um, Something like that. Yeah. Which, I mean, which essentially, without saying too much to the listener, essentially you would ha- have to establish different roles that people can go in and out of that each have different, uh, I guess, guardianships uh, that you can protect against. Yeah. Balanced against each other. Right. And that, that, so that, you know, no one can rise up and be a cult of personality. No one can, you know, be dominating and, and, you know, that there essentially is no leader. I mean, we've talked about this, like if this was going to be a religion, it should be a leaderless religion. Like as soon as you have clergy and having been clergy, I can tell you, no, no, no one should have that much power. You know, mm-hmm. where where you are essentially represent you are living representation of something bigger than you and people kind of like hold your word and opinion higher than other humans. Like that's just not that's a really awful, terrible thing. But we're also just talking about basic groupthink style human nature here sure. too. You know, I mean basic level shit. I mean, you see this even like in sports, you know, like <clears throat> Yankees versus Red Sox, you know. <laughs> I mean Yeah, people get really upset. People get really upset about that. Like, 
it's it's kind of and, and when it's football or, or soccer, no, soccer is the nutty. I mean, it's even way worse. Yeah. yeah, we think Yankees and Red Sox are crazy. Like go over to Europe or <laughs> other places and watch. Like when I was at a soccer game, people are killing each other in those places. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. absolute crazy. So, so, so I think if I read you correctly, uh, you're looking for a system where it's more self reflection oriented than church or mosque type of or entered situation where somebody's telling you stuff and you're following it. Right. So you'd have to take this book or story or whatever, sit at home, meditate and go off for a bike ride, whatever the case is to open up your mind and figure it out essentially on your own. And this is kind of like a roadmap. There's, 100%. Not, there's, not, there's not an authoritative person to tell you. Yeah. The second, the second, you know, these eight imperatives create groups, it's failed. Right, because the second there's groups created out of it, then then automatically it's it's exclusive. It's um, you know it's hierarchical. It's um, you know mm. and and it's looking at others as if they're lesser because they don't have that understanding. I mean, this is where the world is at right now. You know, yeah, yeah. if you're watching Fox News, then you're saying that people who watch CNN don't know what the fuck is going on. And if you're watching CNN, you're saying people who watch Fox don't know what the fuck is going on. And if you're a member of this church, then you're sure that you're in the right and everybody else is in the wrong. And that's if nothing else that it's it's not coming from any type of like philosophical thing. Like, here's how I know that we're right. It's just that right. that's what works in that group. Yeah, you know what just I mean? Dug in, just yeah. Dug into. yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, so theoretically, we'd have all these people, and uh, so we know the weakness of that is that we can't change the world kind of like fast enough. But no. the strength is that it also can't be defeated because who are you going after exactly? Right. It's essentially, you're creating a viral meme. Right. 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 So these things are meant to transform the individual and the way that they're interacting with the world around them as individuals. They're not meant to organize groups around it. Right. Right. You know. I think, uh, yeah, that that might take a paragraph or two, but I think we should just, if we have to spell it out, only because I can't think of right now a, a succinct a way of saying that, but I, you've convinced me with that way. You definitely right. convinced me. All right, which is why, like, I was, like, my initial kind of thing was, like, do not gather, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, you know, gathering is not. But, you know, for like certain things, they might have to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, but, yeah, but really, it's the it's the leadership that that's that's the problem. Yeah. Um. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So, I, uh, I, yeah. So, I, I agree with that. I think people do have that need to gather, but the pressure valve for that might be the political sphere. Right. So, your religious sphere—that's your own personal thing. You don't talk about it. Um, well, you can't say you don't talk about it. But we don't. <laughs> we don't gather about it. We don't appoint any leaders. <laughs> what happens in Fight Club stays in Fight Club. <laughs> I, we acknowledge we acknowledge no leadership essentially. Yeah. Um. So that yeah, that's an, an internal personal thing. It's a private thing. Um. Your path is your own, et cetera, et cetera. Those yeah. sorts of things you'd have to flesh out a hundred percent. And then in the political sphere, we can figure out how to manage the political sphere and the the group think and all that stuff because that's when you, you simply have to because you're trying to in the pure political form figure out how to allocate resources right well what if we say what if we add a sentence to all is one and we say all is one period um there is only one group period just leave it at that yeah i like that i like that right i mean because the idea is one group the human group that's it 
or I whatever mean, name you come up with. Only because, one. Uh, if, we're, if we're going by these definitions, essentially any machine that becomes intelligent, that machine by definition is now human. Yeah. So any alien that shows up, it's automatically automatically human. human. Yeah. I mean, we, it, we recognize an octopus as a complete intelligent being. It's human. The, yeah. It's, it's not by physical characteristics or political characteristics. Yeah. It's it's personhood. It's it's a straight up like this is you know this is sort of what you are. So it's almost like. And and we don't want people to be like, well, now we can band together and chop all the trees down either. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. all is one. There is only one group, and that group is all things. Right. Right? Right. You know. And that group is all I think that works. Yeah, me too. You know, me too. Because then, you know... You, you, you can't, you, you're not allowed to see any other group as being separate from your group, you know? And the, uh, the last rule has to be, and please leave me your credit card. number. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> and that's how <laughs> Josh and Andre became rich and brought forth the third downfall of the human species. <laughs> oh, man. That's where it starts. That's where that's it, how it always starts. Fuck, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. That's so funny. All right. So to read back to you where we're at. All right. So first imperative, all is one. There is only one group, and that group is all things. Um, two, do not dominate another human. Three, do not dominate another, any thinking thing. Four, do not be dominated. Five, do not let your fellow human be dominated. Six, do not let your fellow human dominate. Seven, be your best self. Eight, celebrate the best selves and others. Yeah? Excellent. That's it, right? Excellent. So, yeah, I mean, it, I think that if somehow this type of narrative could um, be a part of the human psyche, I'm not, I'm not sure how that harms people. Now, yeah. we, can't, we shouldn't underestimate People. I know. I was going to say <laughs> you'd have to try pretty hard, and they will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't underestimate a person's ability to figure out how to fucking yeah take yeah. something you know that's pure and and make it impure. I mean that that is a very very unbelievable skill. But you know, if I mean, you had a bunch of essentially legal scholars create the United States Constitution, and, and they're still messing that one up. So yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's uh, it's definitely possible for anything to be corrupted. But um, but in terms of like a most basic kind of human attitude and understanding that people ought to have, you know, I mean, I think this, I think this kind of nails it. What do you think? I think so. I think so. Did we do it? Did we conceive of a religion that actually could be good for the world? <laughs> we definitely have the tenets. We definitely have the tenets. Yeah, the tenets are there for sure. I mean, uh, you know. Like that's something that someone could, that, that list alone is something for people to meditate on every day and night. I agree. And just figure out what that means for them. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, all right, so who's writing this shit? You, you write this shit. You write um, it. I'm giving it to Gambit, who's in the background. Shadow has a leash on her because she's being trained not to not to do what she's been doing all this time and using mm -hmm. uh, an opportunity of me talking to 
my computer to like, you know, train me to give her bones basically. So <laughs> uh, she did well. She knows, she knows that her behavior has to change because she's got that leash on her. So she's actually, yep. she hasn't, she hasn't made much noise in the background. So <laughs> we're good. We're good. Give me a bone or else progress. Progress has been made. <laughs> so, uh, all right, man. Well, I don't, I don't think I have anything to add to this conversation. Do you? No, I think, I think we pretty much nailed it as much as we're able to. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. So, you know, uh, good job, everybody. <laughs> I'll send, I'll send you, uh, the, the thing you edited up for, uh, ideas by Andre. Once you get all the parts up and then, uh, I'll put the full thing on sunshine and then we'll take it from there. Sounds good. Yeah. Next topic, we'll be talking about the great patriarchy and how to destroy that shit. And, uh, and then, and then, and then, uh, and then let's go. I religion. suggest we use a big axe. A big axe. <laughs> <laughs> that works for me. That works for me. Anyway, man. Uh, all right. Well, I guess that's it then. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and break. Break. <laughs> <laughs>